Hello to all the fantasy coaches out there, and welcome to episode two of the FanPod 40 podcast. We're covering all your in-season Australian fantasy sport. My name is Migs, and today I'm going to look over some of the potential AFL fantasy breakout player contenders for 2019. With a new season, brings positional changes, player movements between the clubs, and natural progression. Sometimes that changes the pecking order as well for our players. All of these factors contribute to a player breakout potential. These breakout players are absolute gold in any format of AFL fantasy. And these are the players that you tend to keep to yourself as your league mates try and siphon out those uh, players from you and the ones that are on your radar. They're going to be players that improve their average by more than uh, 15 to 20 points, though some of these players don't qualify because they've already had their breakout season and Perhaps they were just down on form or maybe had an injury last year. So we're just looking at ones in a specific year range and the ones that are looking to perhaps break out for the first time. Most of the players I mentioned are moving into their second, third or even fourth seasons, uh, the time when these breakouts seem to happen. A breakout can come later in a player's career and a prime example of this is with Devin Smith last year in his form. Uh, most of the time you're going to get, though, uh, the spike in points within those first four years. I personally put a plus 15 criteria on my breakout players, meaning that if they can improve their previous season average by 15 or more fantasy points, they make the cut. So here we go, starting with the defenders and in no particular order. Okay, so the first defender I want to look at is Adelaide player and running defender Wayne Miller. He's played 43 games already, and he's going into his fourth season now, so he's in that breakout contention category. And he's coming off a 75 average in 2018. The reason why I like him so much here is because of his consistency in the back half of 2018. I think he only went under a fantasy score of 70 once, and that was a 66. And he also knocked out a couple of hundreds there as well during the year. So he has the ability to go and, and knock out a ton. And also the, the Adelaide defenders do look for him uh, in games as well. So he should be taking plenty of plus sixes in, uh, in 2019. And he, and he does have the potential as well to uh, perhaps take some of those kick-ins. And we, we know the kick-in rule has changed in terms of uh, getting a, a few extra points there for defenders. Rory Ladd's going to be the main man back there, of course, uh, to take those kick-ins most of the time. Um, but uh, Wayne could uh, also take a few of those kick-ins as well. So we like those rain defender types. Could potentially bump his, his possession average up into the 23s or 24s. Um, and he does have a lot of uh, natural progression about him. He's, he's upped his average every year since, since his first year at Adelaide. So I'm thinking he could go uh, high 80s as an average. Um, somewhere between that sort of 87 to 90 mark at, at the most. Uh, the next one I like there uh, in the defenders is Andrew McGrath from Essendon, the former number one pick going into his third season now. He's already knocked up 41 games, so durability isn't a problem there for McGrath. He's been a very durable player in terms of, in terms of injury since, uh, since he came into the competition. Coming off a 71 average 
in 2018. And he was a bit up and down uh, at the start of the season there. But towards the back half, he did get a, a few more consistent scores in there as well. Look, he's one of those players that are, have been touted for more midfield time. And, and we tend to hear that every year. And, and the next player I have as well is also one of those players. But uh, McGrath, he um, he did have a match simulation there last week um, with Essendon. And they, they were talking about it in, in the article that he did play through the midfield and, and played alongside Dylan Shield there. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Hebel played in that match simulation. He played limited time maybe, but um, he's, he's battling. He's a bit touch and go for round one, Heppel. So, you know, that, that could mean McGrath gets that spot for a bit. You know, you got blokes in there like Dev Smith floating through as well and, and obviously Zach Merritt. So that's the only knock I probably have on him getting that midfield time is, is Essendon do have quite a few players who can float through there. Um, so I, I do like the looks of him, uh, particularly after reading that article, but we're going to have to see what Essendon do with him um, in the pre-season games coming up soon. Um, and the last defender there I want to talk about is Callum Mills. Uh, so a similar vein to McGrath in that he was a high draft pick, um, touted for more midfield time. He's he's played 55 games already, and he's going into his fourth season now, and he's coming off a 74 average. Now, that's coming off a year in which he was had an injury. So, look, they're, they're talking about because of Hanbury leaving at, at Sydney and this type of thing that he could be one of the potential ones to fill that midfield spot. And also, I feel those uh, Swan midfielders getting getting on a bit. Uh, blokes like Josh Kennedy and and obviously uh, probably probably the other big one there is, is Kieran Jack um, that could fall out of the, the best 22 as well at Sydney. So, um as a junior, he was a high possession winner, um, high draft pick. He's been playing midfield in match simulation, um, and and he can um, accumulate the ball. So um, there's no there's no reason he he couldn't push his average up towards that 90 mark as well, and and be one of those potential breakout defenders in 2019. All right, on to the midfielders now, and the first one I want to look at is Jacob Hopper from the Giants. And Jacob's going into his fourth season, and he's played 44 games, so he's been relatively durable in that time. He's had a couple of uh, injury niggles throughout that time as well. But uh, he's coming off a 79 average in 2018. And with the uh, departure of some of uh, the Giants midfielders, uh, blokes like Scully and Shield, he is one of the ones, along with uh, Tim Taranto, that are touted to uh, push into that midfield and and uh, take some of those possessions and uh, and disposals. Uh, he is a stat filler, so he does get um, he does get the tackles, he does get the marks, he can float through the middle and do those uh, plus sixes as well. So he can fill the stat board in terms of possessions. If he ups his possessions, you know, four or five, a mark here, a tackle there, you know, this guy's going to push towards that hundred mark, which we want our which we want all of our midfielders to do. I still don't think. He's going to be a keeper uh, at, at this stage. I think Taranto has more more upside in terms of being a keeper in, in that sense. But um, in, into the high 90s is a definite possibility for, for Hopper. Um, so he's, he's just one of those players that can, can win his own ball and, um, and, and does have the potential to, uh, to step into that not quite elite bracket, but nearly there. Um, the next one I want to talk about from Brisbane is Jared Berry, 
And he's now going into his third season. I thought he'd been about, been around a little bit longer than that, but he's played 37 games so far for the Lions, and he took a big step in 2018. Um, he's upped his average every year, and he he, he had a um, he had a 77 average uh, last year in 2018. Very consistent, um, and because with the introduction of 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 Lockie Neal uh, into that Lions midfield now as well. Um, obviously, obviously is probably going to be the one that gets gets the number one tag. Jared Berry has that potential to be that third or fourth uh, midfield option there, and he can float through. Um, extremely fit endurance-wise. I think he won their time trials. Again, he, he backs it up every year. Um, I think just one of those players uh, with elite endurance. And he could turn into one of those those Mitch Duncan types from Geelong. You know, he, he plays that third or fourth string midfield. So, and nobody sort sort of worries about him. Um, and and look, he's he's going to be in an improving team as well. And um, and Brisbane are going to be pushing. Not probably won't get into the top eight, but they'll be in that sort of uh, ninth to twelfth, uh, pushing for that position as well. So so that can only help. And my last midfielder I want to talk about is James Cousins from Hawthorne, the young midfielder there. Now, he's only played seven games so far in his career, and he's going into his third season as well, the same as Barry. Um, In those seven games, (coughs) he only had uh, an average of about 50 in that time. Now, that that was with limited game time. He was coming off the bench and all that type of thing, but um, he has been absolutely killing it in the in the midfield uh, in the in the VFL. So, averaging a, just a tick over twenty five touches in the VFL last year, um, and obviously we all know about uh, Tom Mitchell's um, injury and and who's going to replace him. So he, his name has been floated there as one of the potentials that could replace him. Um, look, he's he's a bull. He's a contested ball winner. Wins his own ball, and look. From 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 a fifty average going into his third year, if he gets consistent games in the midfield, uh, easily easily seventy five, and if not, could potentially push up towards eighty five or ninety. Obviously, he's going to be a stepping stone for you into those elite players, but he's in the three hundred k's. He's very very cheap, um, and look if they if they do go with him and and use him in those preseason games in the midfield, um, there's no reason why uh, you shouldn't jump on him. He's he's definitely a bargain, and he's probably going to be a pod as well. He's going to be a point of difference in your team. Okay, and on to the ruckman now, and the first one I want to have a look at is Timmy English from the Bulldogs. Only played nine games in his short career and going into his third season. Um, is the top ruck draft pick a few years ago. Um, you know, he was touted as one of those super freak athletes uh, for his height and that type of thing. He's coming off a 67 average last year. He was used at the start of the year, but then sort of faded out um, as the as the Bulldogs went more for, uh, for, for Trengove and, and Boyd as a tandem in, in the ruck there. Uh, just because, just because he probably hasn't um, had enough time to develop yet, uh, English. But look, his his around the ground movements uh, have the potential to be elite. You know, in the same sort of vein as a as a Dean Cox or, or a Grundy and that type of player. Uh, I think he had averaged about thirteen touches last year, and he was he was splitting his time 
in the ruck um, up forward as well. So he does move around the ground really well. He does like to take marks, and that's probably attributed to the fact that he did play a bit up forward as well, averaged four point something marks. Um, look, he's put on a bit of size, put on a bit of weight this preseason, by all accounts, three or four kilos, uh, which they naturally do, those, those big fellas. The ruck socks of the Bulldogs are slim, and look, if if there's any any other time to to develop this guy and and get some game time into him, it's this year. You know, third year third year breakout. It's not going to be a full breakout. Um, he's still got a lot of growth in him. You probably won't see his full breakout to his fifth or sixth season potentially. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely an option and a stepping stone there as your as your second ruck behind either Grundy or Gorn as your ruck number one. Uh, the next ruck there I want to take a look at uh, from St Kilda. Now, this one here sort of breaks my mould. Billy Longer. Um, he's played 65 games now um, for the Saints after... Well, not just for the Saints, but he came over from uh, from Brisbane. as a relatively high draft pick. He was a first-rounder. Um, and he's going into his seventh season in 2019. And he's coming off a, a 44 average in 2018. Um, <clears throat> look... If you if you have a look back, you don't have to look back far uh, to see that he's averaged 78 in the past in in 2017. And this was a time when when Tom Hickey was in and out of the team in 2017 with with injury and form, and they were vying for the number one ruck spot and that type of thing. Um, so he averaged he has averaged 78 in the past. So that's you know you're looking right there at 30 35 points already um, down on what he could potentially average from last season. Um, and he's a he's a hit out king. He averaged thirty eight hit outs uh, in that in that twenty seventeen year. Uh, no Tom Hickey, obviously now he's over at the at West Coast, and that could go one of two ways. He could either take it easy and say, oh okay, you know I've I've got this number one rock spot, or he could be um, grabbing it with both hands and and really cementing his spot as a number one ruck there at the Saints. He's also uh, he was also an elite tackler for a ruckman. In that in that 2017 year, he averaged just over four four tackles um, that year as well. So that's a nice thing to go along with with those guaranteed points when he gets those hitouts also. So he's not a huge um, ball winner around the ground, but yeah, he does make up for it in those hitouts and tackles. So he has every chance to push up towards that average that he had in 2017 again. And who knows? Without you know, without Hickey there, he could push push himself into the 80 averages, which is a really nice stepping stone at, at, at his price. He's sort of in the, the low to mid 400Ks there. Um, and the last Ruckman I want to take a look at is Braden Pruce of Melbourne, their, their new recruit coming over from North Melbourne. Um, look, he's touted to, to team up with Big Max, and we don't know how that's going to affect Max Gorn's uh, averages and, and whatnot, but um, Pruce is, is one of those, he's a bit of a bash and crash uh, Ruck type that can play up forward as well. He's only played eight career games, though, um, all at North Melbourne, and he's going into his third season now. Didn't play any games uh, last year, so so we can't go on his average there, but he did have a 60, 67 average in 2017. So uh, that's not too bad considering his price there. Um, I said the only way is up is if he, if he does happen to get games and, and Melbourne do go with that, that dual-ruck combo, which we'll have to watch out for. Uh, in the preseason games, but yeah, Melbourne obviously they're a top four team uh, potentially. 
the ruck sharing, um, you know, could be a, well, will be a factor. Um, but he's there to prove a point as well. He, I'm not sure why he did move to Melbourne in the first place, because he did want more time and he wanted to be that number one ruck for a team. But he couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of being behind Goldstein at North Melbourne, even though I don't know how many more years Goldstein has, but um, probably less than Max Gorn, obviously. Um, but, you know, obviously Melbourne have said something to him um, and, and if he's a fit and if it works, then they're probably going to play him. So, um, yeah, he's not a bad option considering his price and, you know, he could potentially move his average up into the, the mid-70s. But, yeah, he's, he's not going to be a huge breakout. Um, but factoring the price that he is now, um, that, that could be uh, a, good, a good money spinner to get you up to um up to a premium ruck okay and last of all i want to finish off with the forwards and the first forward we're going to take a look at is blake acres from st kilda he's now going into his sixth season so he's just passed that uh four-year breakout that we talk about but he has played 56 games in that time he's coming off an 80 average in 2018 which wasn't too bad but uh, remember, now, this is a guy who averaged 95 in the first five rounds of 2018. Now, there are a lot of people or a lot of coaches who were sort of umming and ahhing about him last year, uh, tossing up between him and Jack Billings, who could uh, potentially take some more midfield time and could push into that 90 bracket. And he looked like he was going to be that guy for the first five rounds. Injury struck. Um form struck, didn't get back into the team till later on in the year. So he has proven across five rounds that he can average in the mid-90s as a midfielder. Um, look, he's not going to get tagged. He's just that sort of fourth or fifth midfielder that goes up and down the wing, takes a lot of plus sixes. Um, but he, he he is a stat filler as well. I, I did notice that looking at his stats and that... Um, he, he averages quite balanced uh, statistics in terms of his marks, tackles, disposals. So he can potentially be that, you know, 20 to 25 possession gatherer, four marks, four tackles. And as a forward, look, that's going to get you in the mid-90s and potentially pushing into the, you know, the top 10 um, forwards there for 2019. But Look, coming off an 80 average, he's every chance to bump that up 15 points into the mid-90s, as long as he gets consistent midfield time and as long as he uh, stays away from injury. I I can't see any reason why not. Saints should improve as well. They they won't be top eight, I don't think, but they're going to be around the same mark as the Brisbane Lions, uh, potentially. So in an improving team, um, he's every chance to to up that average. All right, the second forward I want to take a look at is uh, Brandon Parfitt of uh, Geelong. And he's played 34 games now, going into his third season. So he's been relatively consistent and durable. He he had a few injury worries last year, though. And he's coming off a 75 average in 2018. Um, At the start of the year, start of 2018, he was was getting a lot of midfield time. He was pushing up sort of towards the wing, and he he took... um, he took Motlop's spot there when, when Motlop went to port. And it looked like he was a perfect fit there for a while. And then, you know, he was only in his second year, so he 
can sort of see that inconsistency coming and, and it happened. But look, he has a really good ceiling. Um, I think it was about round four last year that he he um, smashed out a 138. Um, I think it might have been against St. Kilda maybe. Um, but yeah, he's, he's also a tackler, averaged four and a half tackles a game. And there is talk of him pushing up into the midfield more um, uh, next year. So Geelong desperately needs speed through the midfield. And he's looking like the most likely type to, to give them that. Um, so I, I can see him moving into that midfield um, and then gi- giving him a shot. And again, um, Geelong should be pushing for the top eight as well. So it's not like they're one of those bottom teams. Um, fancy points are hard to come by. Geelong typically are a, a really good uh, fancy scoring team and, and their style of play. And the last four I want to take a look at here. Uh, now, he's going to be a popular pick, but... James Warpel, uh, the Warpedo. He's played 11 games last year in his first season. He's going into his second year. So he's not going to have a, a massive breakout, I don't think, unless he does a Bontempelli or, or a Nat 5. But um, he's coming off a 66 average. And there's been a lot of talk about him being the, the Tom Mitchell replacement. The more I look at it and the more I look at the more established and experienced players that Hawthorne have, I don't know if he's going to be that saviour. He's not going to be, you know, I think they're going to split a lot of that time between blokes like Cousins, like Daniel Howe, um, and they could potentially get another uh, pick in as well from the VFL Hawthorne. They've got that up their sleeve. So uh, Warpool, I still see him spending a fair bit of time uh, up forward as well as through the midfield, but um, he does have that breakout potential in that, yeah, he could potentially push his average up another 15 points. So you could be looking at an 80-something average. He's also, you know, available as a midfielder, as a forward. So you've got that uh, dual position status. Uh, average just tick under four tackles per game. So he is a tackler. More time in the midfield could potentially add another tackle to that average. Um, probably needs to work on his outside game a bit more to get those cheap, easy marks because he is a contested ball winner. Um, but yeah, Hawks are going to be pushing, uh, should be in the top eight once again, despite uh, Mitchell not being there for the majority of the year. And yeah, Warp will be a nice stepping stone in, into a premium and um, it, it comes at a cheap price. So there you have it. 12 potential breakout contenders for 2019 AFL Fantasy. Obviously, these guys come with their fair share of risk, being mid-priced players or or lower, but if you nail them, they're going to be fantasy gold for you uh, come the season proper. If you haven't done so already, remember to check out our new site at fanpod40.com and give us a follow on Twitter with the handle at fanpod40. Send us through any fantasy questions or send us through your team and can have a look over them. Next episode, we'll be going through uh, the most up-to-date pre-season power rankings, players who you want to be filling your teams with by seasons and the the top players in each position there. Thanks for listening, everyone, and keep fine-tuning those teams.